Welcome to Gadgets for Families, the tech podcast for all those who have their new devices, Mm -hmm. have them configured exactly the way they want, those that are still fiddling with their new devices, and those that are still waiting for their new devices to arrive or the hand-me-downs, right? Right. Because that that happens too. (laughs) And those of you that just rolled your eyes so hard at all of this that you're now staring at the back of your eyelids. I think that captures just about everyone, right, Jason? I think so. And don't feel bad. We've waited till mid-October sometimes for some some of our devices to come in. So it's just like that sometimes. You have to wait. Yep. I was glad I didn't. Mine came a week earlier than expected. That was a pleasant surprise. But anyway, yeah. so I'm your host, Greg Cunningham. And I'm your host, Jay Benjamin. Thanks for joining us on episode 19. 19. Almost to that big 2-0. Big 2-0, yeah. right? <laughs> Well, let's see when we look back at episode 100, how we were so proud that we finally made it to 20, right? That's right. Now, for those of you that are watching on the video, yes, I'm trying out a different camera angle. I think Jason's going to try a different angle eventually, too. Remember, we just want the video stuff, especially we want it to be casual. But I will say we've gotten some traction on some of those videos, dropping some shorts, dropping segments of the show. So, um, you know, a little bit early on this pre-roll, but. Check that stuff out, but I just didn't want you to wonder why I look a little different. And yes, I have more Darth Vader stuff, and there's even more than what you can <laughs> see. So, yeah, no, I think it looks good. I, I like it. You know, you kind of look like a radio host. You know, every now and then we'll see like a behind the scenes at a radio station, and you see the host, and and uh, they usually have that offset angle. So I like it. I, I'm going to do the same. Well, Jason, you're back from your cruise, right? And while you were out of contact, I had free reign of everything. So YouTube channel, drop some videos. I've launched our tech blog. We had a tech blog, or I did anyway, a long time ago called Gadgets for Families. Jason yes. and I would work on that, but relaunched that. And I dropped the first one with a fairly lengthy post. It was big enough that while I made it into a blog post, so if you go to our blog, you can see it as an entry there. But Mm -hmm. in order to do it the way I wanted, it was big enough that I actually had to make it its own separate page and segment on the website. So I did that too. So basically I did it twice, but that was pretty cool. So this is what happens when you leave me with no controls, no checks and balances. (laughs) And it worked out though. I see, like like we talked about earlier, the shorts are doing really good. Some of the longer videos, they're still, they're building a little traction and things like that. So um, no, I like it. I like this side of Greg. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun, whether anybody else likes it or not, at least we're having some fun doing it. And so today, Jason, I thought we could get caught up. Now, I know you've been back for just a couple of days and you probably had to go right, right into the shop and stop, start popping popcorn. But yep. there is quite a bit of catch up and, and stuff like and current event stuff. So we might take a little more time than normal for that kind of stuff. And then I want to use that article that I dropped about um, about my experience with the phone and the hardware. And by the way... One drop today that's on iOS 17 for people to check out. Anyway, there's two or three blog posts in there, and I've got a couple more Mm -hmm. planned. Um, But I want to use that to talk about maybe some key things that our audience would be interested in, especially if you haven't quite got the hang of your new phone or if you're still waiting for it to show up. I think there will be some stuff in there. And then we are going to get a little bit geeky in the post show. Now, in the post show, I have a real big beef with watchOS 10 about listening to music on it. So I know that's not... I know I'm in the 1% of folks that do that, so (laughs) we'll talk about that. 
We're going to talk about accessing USB-C drives from our, these new phones, mm -hmm. and then battery management and battery charging. So that'll be the the geeky stuff that um, that we'll cover in the post show. So if you're interested in that, stick around or find that segment on the YouTube channel. And like I said, we'll link the timestamps and stuff in the show notes that you can get there. So yeah. I think that sounds like a show, Jason. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, sounds good to me. All right. So let's, uh, just a quick pre-roll. We talked about the YouTube channel, but don't forget mm -hmm. to check out those show notes. There's a link to the YouTube channel there. We're going to have quite a few articles and things like that linked up in there. Um, I'll try and put the links to some of the stuff we talk about today, like some of the hardware stuff that we buy. We've got some Amazon affiliate links that you can go ahead and check out, but check out those show notes. And, you know, don't forget to do all the things, subscribe, share, follow, all of that kind of stuff. And right. just a reminder, Jason and I, we are not about trying to make this 4K video or perfect audio. We were testing some audio right before we hit record mm -hmm. and found a little bit of quirk stuff. So if our audio is not perfect or our video is not up to the MKBHD level or the Relay.fm <laughs> podcasting level, right? Maybe someday we'll get there. But, you know, Jason and I, we just want to share information with people I had uh, feedback from a listener that said, I like when you talk about this stuff because you talk about it in terms I can understand yes. versus when other people talk to me about it, they're talking about stuff that's way over my head. So I would rather have good quality content that everybody can relate to versus that high production value. Right, right. And like we said from the start, right, we're, we're just two tech dads, right? We, we work professionally in this. We've been in the industry before. We got away from that. We kind of focused on our gadgets as tools. And we just want them to work, right? So we, like, like the, uh, the feedback you got, we like to explain it in terms that other tech dads and tech moms and, and neighbors can understand. So, no, no, I think, I think that was some good feedback. I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad they, they, you know, shared that with us. So that goes for anyone else, you know, especially with the YouTube stuff. Share your opinions on it. Let us know. Because now it seems like shorts are the way. Yeah. At least, you know. I mean... We have X amount of time to spend on this stuff, right? And so right. tell us where you want us to spend that time. Yes. Right? Give yes. us show ideas. Say, hey, do a video on this or whatever the case may be. We are listening. So we'll definitely take that into consideration. Yep. Jason, you're back. Have you adjusted to solid ground or do you kind of walk around wobbling? No, no, not, not this time. So I, the longer cruises, yeah, you do walk around and you still feel the ship swaying a little bit like that. But... No, I've got adjusted, and, and I did realize, even though it's been a week, it's not as cool being on solid land as, as I remembered it being. So, <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and, I got thinking, you got to cook again, right? Because your food was all prepared for you there, and, you know, all you could eat, and all of those right, kind of fun right. things. So, I went in the, in the, uh, the bathroom just now preparing for the show, that you know, just to, to clean up and get ready, and I'm looking around, and it's a mess in there. And I was so tempted to go and yell at the kids, like, hey... We don't have a, a, a stateroom attendant, right? I have to clean this stuff up. So you guys need to come in here and clean up behind yourselves. So I'll give them that lecture later. But yeah, yeah, it is. It has been. It, it's it's an adjustment trying to adjust back to the real world. But I'm here now. So. So I think we had this a little later in the show, but do you want to share? I think you have a couple of follow up items for us, right? For those of you that didn't check out 
two weeks ago's episode, we did a whole post show on getting ready from a tech standpoint for a cruise. And it's also yes. posted on the YouTube channel as a separate segment. But Jason, I think you have a couple of items that you want to add on to or follow up on that because you everything didn't go perfectly from a tech standpoint on this trip, right? It, it didn't. It didn't. So I mentioned making sure that you take all the the popular cables, right? The, the, the cores that are out now. So I did that, you know what I mean? Cause that's part of my prep for, for a cruise and didn't realize until we got there after the first night, I put out the hub, I plugged every charger in, I started plugging in phones. Well, the next morning my son got up and he's like, Hey, my phone didn't charge. So I didn't realize that one of my cables didn't work anymore. And it's an actual Apple you know, uh, uh, a certified, uh, uh, Apple cable. It's not, you know, a cheap Amazon knockoff or anything. So at some point it stopped working. It probably got burnt out or, or, or something like that. So not only pack your cables, but check to make sure that they work before, you know what I mean? So, and it's one of those things. It's never, it's not a such thing as being too prepared, right? You know, all of that prep work that goes in it, um, checking the cables would be a good idea. And it wasn't the end of the world, right? We're talking three iPhones, we're sharing two cables now instead of each having our own own cable. But what if it was one of those cables that we only had one of, right? That could have it could have been disastrous. So now I, w- I want to ask you this question because if you stay in a hotel or you're at an airport and mm-hmm. a cable dies, you can go buy one. Right. Can you buy them on the cruise ship? You can't and they are astronomical. Yeah, so. I was going to say, right? <laughs> the the $5 cable is 50 bucks and it's an even cheaper version of the $5 cable. Right. It, it is even a cheaper version. So you can get, they, they have like a convenience store, right? So you can go and get things like razors, deodorant, you know, uh, uh, certain products and stuff like that. Even snacks. We stop, we usually take a few snacks before. So to give you an example, the, uh, the family share size things uh, of M&Ms are five bucks. We had got a couple uh, before we got on a cruise. On a cruise ship, they're $14.99. So that'll give you an, an idea of what the price Three increase X. is. Right, right. So, um, so yeah, you can, you can buy anything you need. Just be prepared to be disappointed in that pricing. So. And then you had an aha moment about your hub too, right? I did, I did. So uh, hubs are still a great idea, right? And, and when, I talk, when I'm talking hubs, I mean to eliminate all of those different power bricks that you have to bring, right? Because every device, every cable uh, charger needs its own power brick. So the hub is basically one brick for them all, right? And my particular hub has uh, two USB-Cs and three USB-A ports. Well, I didn't realize packing the chargers, I'm like, oh, in the back of my head, I have my hub, I'll be fine. Well, I had more USB-C devices (laughs) than I realized when my my wife upgraded in the past few years and and me, I I upgraded uh, my Apple Watch uh, that came with the USB-C you know, charger is still the same little puck, but now the other end is USB-C. And uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that I needed more USB-C space. So uh, even if you upgrade your hub, just be mindful of the type of cables that you have and the type of cables that you're going to need in the future, right? It seems like everything is moving towards USB-C. So it may be one, uh, maybe a good idea to go with one that has more USB-C and less USB-A and, and, you know, just to kind of future-proof yourself. So just yeah. keep that in mind if you're purchasing these hubs. Apple, over the last probably two years, actually, had switched that end of the cable, right? It was still lightning or whatever mm-hmm. on 
this end, but they've switched everything to USB-C and, and basically are selling USB-C bricks instead right. of USB-A. Now, your other option, right, is to make sure you carry a USB-A to whatever. Right, right. those little adapters, USB-A to yes. USB-C or whatever the case may be, but you get some of those cables and have that in there. But yeah, I mean, it's great that they moved to USB-C on these new phones. Um, but it did make me go through an inventory and take stock of <laughs> right, the cables right. that I have and what I was going to plug those cables into besides my phone because I've got my trailer, I've got a hub that goes in my backpack, mm-hmm. I've got different types of plugs that go out in the, the camp trailer and stuff like that. So it does make you re- rethink some of that kind of stuff. So Right. And that's what, what's great about your, your, your blog posts. And, and I know we're going to get into that here in a minute, but, you know, it when you upgrade the center, because we talked about the phone being the center of your, your, you know, your whole ecosystem, your, your digital life, you know, when you upgrade that, what everything else it trickles down to, right? Yep. And, and you're talking about not only replacing cases and, and, you know, your, your dock stand and your, your cables and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize it. So it gets people to thinking, you know, when I replace this one thing, is it going to be a domino effect? Cause not everyone's willing to do that. Right. Some people yeah. are just willing to, to say, hey, I'm just going to replace my phone, and that'll be that, and and I'll just make sure I keep up with my one charger that's included. Maybe buy a power brick, maybe buy a, a charger for the car or something like that. But yeah, sometimes these are a bigger investment than what you realize in the long term, yeah. right? You don't have to. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a lot of it is a convenience thing. So, but yeah, a good way to get people thinking. Uh, uh, just you know, reading through your blog posts. All right, should we dive into some current stuff? Yeah, yeah, I want to check out some of these uh some of these iPad uh lineup rumors that you that you posted here. If okay, anybody's so excited got... for iPad stuff like I am. Oh, well, I'm excited too, right? Cuz you know that I want to move into the iPad world and I need to my MacBook, we've talked about the battery life is not yes. good. And I was listening to podcast on macOS Sonoma and I've upgraded to Sonoma mm-hmm. and they were talking about how if you're still on an Intel Mac, you're not getting all the latest and greatest features. And it's like, yeah. okay. I mean, <laughs> I know what I use my Mac for is not a big deal. So I want to get into that. But I threw this in there because they pretty much talk through the entire iPad lineup. And I figured, you know, if Jason's going to read any articles when he gets back, something that says, here's all the new iPads coming will get his attention. Right. So right. the problem is that. This could be expensive. I mean, if you figure that we still at some point next year would like to buy the Vision Pro, and mm-hmm. then if they really revamp these iPads, I mean, I have a spot in my life for multiple iPads, which is a problem if they revamp <laughs> everything, right? And I actually, not that I'm trying to find a reason to, to upgrade, but uh, my youngest grandson does not have an iPad yet. Um, he's probably still a little bit too young for that but Mm -hmm. he has started to watch some of his shows on the ipad because somebody else is doing something with the tv and he does not want to share right he doesn't he wants it to be his so i think there's ipads coming my way next year one way but let's talk through these so yeah yeah let's check them out so now you know the ipad mini is kind of my bread and butter right i mean it's it's my device that i do a lot of reading now a little bit of that has been supplanted by the phone, which we'll talk about. 
So I'm get anytime they say, well, yeah, they're going to be upgrading the iPad Mini, I'm like, oh, well, there goes six hundred bucks because it's not even though it's the smallest, it's not the cheapest of the bunch, mm -hmm. right? Because they've made everything smaller. But on this one, really, they're talking about US. Uh, it's already got USB-C. They're talking about yes. a new processor, um, and that being the the main upgrade on this. So, yeah, I don't know, new processor in this. Is, yeah, actually going from up to the A16 Bionic or even the right. A17 Pro, which is what the the Pro phones this year have in them. So one way or the other, but I don't think that's enough for me. I think the biggest thing that would get me to upgrade the Mini would be screen. Because it's not okay. the highest quality of all the screens, right? It's not, it's not high-end. And I actually showed my wife, I held up the new iPhone 15 Pro Max right. to, the, um, to the iPad Mini, and it was a night and day Right, Difference. seeing them next to each other really, it it really, you know, to, pardon my pun, but it really opens your eyes to the difference in the the screen technology that right. they use. Yep. So what would get you? So the screen definitely. So the processor wouldn't matter to you much in a new mini. I don't think so. Um, Even if it's a pro level, like basically a mini pro. No, because it's too small to do that high end. Right. stuff right um it's i read on it mm -hmm. i watch videos on it uh i do some of my social media stuff and there's a few games that i play on it but none of it is is that high-end stuff so i don't know that the processor is going to make a difference now if they put face id that's the other thing that might do it is face id versus touch id yes i'm not a fan of touch id in the button i mean i i like it better there than having a home button so i i don't know this one this rumor is not enough we'll see what comes for me to want to to upgrade it and you know thinking about my grandson um if i did upgrade this either my wife or he would get the mini and then i would go to the next one so but again it starts at 500 dollars. that's the lowest storage level and i definitely yeah. want more storage than 128 on my ipad that's just absolutely not enough on the ipad to store much of anything on it so i'm talking right. 600 brothers 600 bucks before apple care plus yeah yeah, it seems to me like this is mostly an incremental bump. This is everything we would expect on a Mini anyway, so no big yep. deal for me. Yep. All right, what about the iPad 11? What do you see there? Yeah, so a faster processor is, is and again, this is something we would expect for, from a new iPad, right? You, it, it has to have a faster processor. The screen has to be a tad bit better. Wi-Fi has to be a tad bit faster, but... It almost seems like, like, so, again, I don't expect for this to, all rumors point to an awesome pro level iPad, right? That's, right. that's what everybody's expecting. And I think that they're just going to try to catch up everything else, meaning the mini and the, uh, and the iPad. So, again, there's still no big deal, but USB-C, that's going to be, you know, a, a, a big deal. Wait, does the current one? No, yeah, I believe so the current one is, does have a USB-C. It does. So this right. is this is the entry level iPad, right? This is the right. um this is the base iPad. Yes. Right? Or is this? Yeah, yeah cuz yeah. it's the, the entry level iPad. This is the base one 
It's a little more expensive than it used to be, right? The base one used to start at three twenty nine. Now the base one starts at four forty nine, but they kept selling the old one, right? That didn't yes. have USB C and still had the home button. That's why all of this stuff gets confusing. This is the iPad that has already gone to USB C. It's got a little bit larger screen because it kicked mm -hmm. out the home button, right? And it's a little more expensive at four hundred and forty nine bucks. Yeah. So another reason why the older version did so well. Right. I still see people still purchasing that one, even though it still had lightning and it still had. So, and again, education, too. Right. I mean, our high school is all iPads. It's a one to one yes. school and they're all iPads and they're all the three hundred twenty nine dollar model, the home button right. and all that right. kind of stuff. And and Apple's discount. This is it may have changed since we were, you know, working directly with Apple and things like that. No matter how many you buy, Apple still doesn't really give you. Yeah. An awesome. An awesome. Uh, price break on it so districts aren't too keen on paying 500 bucks per device you know for you yeah. know just to have an ipad so those older versions become more attractive the more you know features they add on a new one and as long as they're still around they're still supported yeah school districts are still going to buy that three is it 329 or is it 349 model? It was 329. I mean, this is the problem. Jason and I are struggling a little bit to talk through these because Apple's iPad lineup is confusing. Yes. Right? Unless you <laughs> just is. want the cheapest or you want the biggest and most expensive, everything in between gets confusing because you have that older version, older style, that is what goes into education. That's the $329 one. That's what two of my grandkids have, that model, right? Yeah. Then you have this new one that they call the regular iPad, which has gone up in price but went to USB-C and is more the form factor that we expect from an iPad today. And then you've got the next one that comes up, which is the iPad Air, which is kind of, you know, this article we've got of Cultimac, which we'll link to. They call it the mm -hmm. prosumer tablet, right? But it's it's just a step up. But now right. it's going to get a better processor. Rumor that maybe it'll have the Apple's M3 processor, which they haven't even introduced yet mm -hmm. so i mean you get through all of that and it just is super confusing as to what do what do i really need especially if this rumor is true because they're talking about potentially replacing it with two versions of this ipad so one smaller and one bigger and then it's like okay so i'm gonna have that older home button one then mm -hmm. i'm gonna have the regular ipad that's got no home button then I'm going to have a smaller and a larger of this middle tier one. And then I'm going to have a smaller and a larger and hopefully someday an even larger version of the pro models. And all of a sudden you've got an iPad lineup that if you walk into a store and say, which one should I buy? What do you tell people? Right. Right. Just and, and leave it up to your salesperson, which they're not salespeople. They're 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 pretty helpful people. They don't have commission or anything like that. But. What do they say? This is the one in all of the ads and all of the promotion videos. This is the one that does this, this and that from the commercials just by this one. And a lot of people won't even consider, do they need that? Right. That's the driving a pickup truck to, to check the mail kind of analogy that they would always use. Why, you know, driving a Lamborghini to go and get groceries. A lot of people don't need it, but it's so confusing that people just buy it just because that's what's on the commercials. You know, that's what's yeah. on the promotional, the ads and things like that. So. Yeah, and yeah, it used to be that really they all confusing. had their it used to be that they all had their own niche. Right. Yes. But now, I mean, everybody's gonna get a processor bump. Once you get into the air, you're starting to get into the Mac level processors, right? Yes. The same processors that they're putting into the Macs. 
So everything up until that's the same processors they're putting in the phones, which are still amazing processors, right? I mean, they just mm -hmm. wipe the floor with their competition, no problem. But then we get to the pros, and this is why I think it's going to be an expensive year for Jason next year, um, mm -hmm. because in theory, he should be up for a phone upgrade at some point next year, the Vision Pro, and right. then... The rumors about the iPad Pros are that it's going from 12.9 to 13. Now, that doesn't sound like a whole lot, right? But it's diagonal space here, and bigger is better when it comes mm -hmm. to the big iPad. But OLED screen technology, which is the screen on your iPad, is amazing already. Yes. Right? And now they're going to add OLED technology and just knock it out yep. of the park. Yep. And, so, and like I said, looking at them compared, Side by side, I mean, it is it is a huge difference when we're talking about OLED displays. And then the M3 processor in those as well, and then redesigning them for a new Magic Keyboard, which would have a larger trackpad and yes. make the tablets look more like laptops. I mean, one of the things that I'm concerned about going to an iPad as my only device is how often I like to like sit in my hammock and have the iPad or the my MacBook on my lap. Mm -hmm. Right. And the iPad with the magic keyboard is not a great lap right. device. Right. right. It's just it doesn't not have you'd that good go, balance to it. Yeah. You'd want to go with something like the bridge or the Logitech or something like that, where they have the case on the back and the keyboard and stuff like that. And so mm -hmm. whatever they're going to redesign there. But I know the number one thing you're going to look for is, did they fix my battery life? Right. 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 The battery life and the, the processor is fine. Um, I just didn't see a big jump coming from that older processor to the uh, to the M2. So uh, we know it's definitely going to have an M3 processor in it. Um, hopefully, it'll just be a big enough bump to notice the difference in the processor. But uh, with with the new processor, it comes different battery battery management things like that. So we should see, even if they don't increase the size of the battery, we still should see a performance bump. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I know it's all speculation, but uh, it's one of those things where, you know, we expect it to, to have a new processor. So it should do, you know, work with that, that battery technology better. Yeah. Now I will say, let's just talk about from a timing standpoint, it's really confusing as to which one you need to buy. Right. And it'll depend mm -hmm. on your use case, but it sounds like maybe the iPad mini is the one most likely to hit before the end of the year. And then potentially the iPad itself the ipad 11 right not the air and not the others everything right. else i don't see them releasing an ipad as the first device that gets the m3 it's going to be a macbook of some sort so if you're in the market yeah. for an ipad right now my suggestion to you would be to hold off until we see how october goes october is generally the month when they would drop any additional hardware because they want it in stores before you know the right. black friday the, the shopping rush yeah mm -hmm. so if you don't absolutely need to buy an iPad right now, hold off at least for a couple of weeks and see how October plays out and see if any of this new stuff drops. Everything else is rumored to be 2024, right? And normally, if I think about normal stuff, right, it's like March of 2024. So right. I think if we're going to see the... spring, yeah. Yeah. I think if we're going to see the new iPad Air and the Pros, I think it's going to be March at the earliest, just from a timing standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and just think about it. I mean, you almost have to start saying, okay, what's my budget? And then buy the iPad based on what your budget is, right? Because right. 
for most things that people are going to do with their iPads, all of these can do it unless you're a professional videographer or photo editor right. or something like that. So I would hold off. I don't know. Any additional thoughts on that, Jason? No, no, definitely. If you can make your current one last, you know, even if you're on one of the older pros, um, definitely one of the ones that are still being supported with iOS 17. Yeah, just just hold off. Don't go and buy anything. Uh, tell your your loved ones, don't buy you an iPad for Christmas because you plan on upgrading. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You plan on upgrading in the spring next year. So. All right, well. Let's let's talk about some other current stuff. That one was a little bit longer than I expected. We'll kind of right. buzz through some of this stuff, but um, seventeen oh point three. So very unusual for Apple to drop this many updates. I mean, we're already on point oh point three. Point oh point one was out before phones hit, and for some it was point oh point two. But they're out there. This is security fixes but it's also a fix for the 15s overheating, right? They said it was a bug in the operating system and yes. it seems like that whole heat gate thing has just died out. So you definitely want to uh, do 17.0.3. And there were a couple of other bugs that I just heard that that had fixed. So if you're not on 17.0.3, get there. If you're not running 17 yet, that's fine. Just make sure you're on the latest version of 16 because there are some security fixes that have gone in that were a pretty big deal. So get out there and check that. 17.1 betas are out. I am not on the beta train. I'm assuming you're not either. Definitely not where you were on a cruise. No, no. I, I jumped yeah. off when we, uh, yep. uh, during that first week. Yeah, I did too. And I actually don't plan on going back on until some stuff that we'll talk about later happens, uh, mm -hmm. especially the journaling app, which is not showing in 17.1. So, mm. so yeah. So there's that. Um, you and I talked about this game looking really good. I'm a big proponent of Apple Arcade, and you should have turned on Apple Arcade and taken this game with you. Um, it's a new James Bond game. It's actually a 007 game, so it's not like some knockoff. It's the real characters. I mean, you've got right. M and Money Penny and Q and Jaws from the old classic right. Jaws, right? <laughs> not the shark. The gold teeth guy, right, yeah, shows up. Yeah. So it's actually, I'm really, really enjoying playing this. It's an Apple Arcade game. It's all touch, but I know I could do it with a controller. But this is the kind of game like this that I like because it's super casual, mm -hmm. endless lives, replay levels as much as you want. But something that I've not seen very often is how they save your progress. So let's say I go into a room and there's 10 guards there and I need to take out all 10 guards. Well, if I take out three before I die, I go back to the last checkpoint, but those three guards are still taken out. Okay. Which, you know, normally a game, it'll just reset you back and you have to try and figure out how to get through the whole yeah. checkpoint. So I'm not a, such an intense gamer that I enjoy trying to figure that stuff out. I'm actually on a level in there right now that I'm frustrated with because it's kind of like that. But <laughs> I like that it, it does that because that's allowed me to progress through the game. And again, I'm not out to break right. some records or any of that kind of stuff. I just like to play it. So I would definitely suggest checking it out. The artwork's pretty good. The um, I like the storyline. So I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a really good looking game. You know, mo mobile games have came, they, they've came a long way. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, iPhone 15 series being fragile. Yeah. Um, cause they put some new back glass on and it's a little different design. Well, 
so here's the thing that seems to me, and I'll put a, a link to another article in this, but there's a bunch of YouTube videos out on this as well. But the back glass definitely seems to shatter easier than the 14 series. I mean, I watched this, you and I watched the one and that sent me down a rabbit right. hole panicking about my brand new phone. But the guy that traveled to Australia just to do all those drop tests and compared a brand new 14 with the brand new 15 and, and the 14 held up better. But that being said, what they're finding now in some other little more scientific tests is that um, the back glass does seem to shatter easier, Yeah. but it doesn't seem to impact the functionality of the phone as much as you would think. I mean, you would think right. that if you shattered the back right, that your phone would be dead. Well, right, right. that doesn't seem to be the case. So it, while it would suck to have broken back glass, there's still a good chance your phone will function until you can get it in and get it repaired. Right, right. And, and that's important for, you know, like you said, you think you would drop your phone, you would smash it up, you would lose everything, right? With the phone being able to function, you can get to Wi-Fi and get a good backup or connect it to, to your computer and get a good backup and transfer those important files and things that you need off or make sure that they save to iCloud before the phone goes kaput. So, yeah, just because it smashes up, at least you'll be able to save your data. Or still be able to use it in an emergency or something. You get into a wreck and your phone is smashed to bits, you can still pick it up and call 911. And that's the most important part to me, I think, is, yeah. is more important than saying, oh, my back glass is, is smashed up. Yeah. And to a certain extent, that's true with the front glass as well. Right. Right. Because, but you got to remember that front glass is attached to the screen, which has touch capacitors in it and yes. LED lights and all that kind of stuff. So right, right. the good news is, I think on the earlier devices, that back glass, which is why it was $500 to replace, right, was connected to a whole bunch of stuff. And now it doesn't seem like it's connected to the functionality. So right. that's a little better. So, uh, and I'll talk about this, but screen protectors. I mean, seriously, put a screen protector on the front of your phone. I know people want to be purists and all that kind of stuff. Fine. I'll talk about that a little more later, but anyway, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. seem to be quite as big of a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and which again, when we watched that night and, and I said, well, you know, there's, there's going to be some more scientific instead of just a guy holding them up and dropping them. Uh, and that's all we were seeing was just guys just holding them up and dropping them. When the more scientific tests come out, we'll have some more data. So that, that is good news. So for this last current thing, um, because I just had, I rolled my eyes so hard, my eyes were stuck in the back of my head on this one. But <laughs> so Jason, you just, you have a 14 Pro Max, mm -hmm. right? You've upgraded to iOS 17. It's got a bunch of new features, most of which your phone can take advantage of. Right. Did you expect your battery life to get better? No, I, I didn't. And we see this every year with every iOS ever, right? <laughs> The, the the new version of iOS affects older phones, you know, it, it affects them differently, right? The new processors, we talked about this with the iPad, new processors, new hardware, it's all Apple makes it to work perfectly with the new software, right? So we know that older phones, but I hadn't noticed any huge decrease in battery life. I, I, yeah. I hadn't. And maybe the Pro Max is not the best example, right? Because that battery yeah, is maybe big not. anyway. But And we're going to talk about batteries and stuff in the post show. But even with my 12 Pro, I had no assumptions that I was going to load, not even the betas, the regular version of iOS 17, mm -hmm. get all of that new stuff that they've done in there and not have my phone run a little warmer, 
yeah. not have my phone lose a little bit of battery life and maybe even a little bit of battery health, right? Because it's optimized. My, my phone is three generations ago. They are right. not optimizing stuff for my phone, right? They're going to say, does it work well enough that we'll put it on that phone? That's the question that they ask, right? right? And that was kind of their argument when they put Stage Manager on iPads and then expanded it to the older iPads. It wasn't that we're going to optimize that brand new feature for these older iPads, but will it run well enough that it's up Mm -hmm. to Apple standards? And the answer to that is yes. So I I just, I found this hilarious. We'll put a link to an article on here. I just didn't, I, I, it just blows my mind that people expect, well, my battery life right. should get better when I put this new, no, it's not no, going to get any it's, better. It's not, it's not. Like you said, it's, it's optimized for the new hardware. It runs fine. You shouldn't see a big, you know what I mean? You see a, a, a big hit in battery life and performance and things like that. It'll run good enough, but yeah. it's not going to, it's not going to run. Just, it's not going to make your iPhone 12 as good as a 15. It's just, yep. it's just not, that's not going to happen. No. That's not how software works. And I think I'm seeing a little bit of a hit on my ultra with the new version of watch OS. Um, I had a listener tell me that, uh, thanks a lot for getting me hooked on the Snoopy watch face. Cause <laughs> they're not on an ultra they're on a series seven or something like that. And all they do is play with Snoopy and their battery is dying on their right. watch way too fast. <laughs> right. So but I am seeing it, I think, a little bit on my Ultra. But again, yeah. I, I expected that, right? And the just so everybody remembers, the Series 8 and Ultra, those chips are basically the same chips as the 6 and 7, at least the 7, maybe clear back to the Series 6, right? It's been mm-hmm. the same basic system on a chip until this year when they did the 9 and the Ultra 2, right? right. So you're still running on the same chipset. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's trying to do more, which means it's going to pull down more right. battery life. Now, the ultra battery is still fine. I can still get through multiple days, no problem. But I have noticed, um, noticed it a little bit. So Right. All right. Well, that's all of our catch-up. That was 40 minutes, but uh, there was a lot of stuff in there, and I kind of figured that's what we would do. Um, for this next part, let's talk through, kind of use my article but also some other stuff to go through this. And I want to start off with, because uh, I don't want to end the podcast on a downer note. And in fact, the iOS 17 blog post I released today, I put a, I deliberately moved a section to the end so I wouldn't end on the my concern, which is what this is, is to a certain extent is, mm-hmm. you know, Jason, you and I talked about how I was having problems with my HomePods, right? Yes. Where they wouldn't stay connected and they didn't seem to stay in sync. and it seemed to settle, you know, early summer, maybe late spring, early summer, it seemed to settle. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't having nearly the number of issues. And to the point where I wasn't noticing issues at all. Right. But now I'm back to like last yesterday, I transferred music from my bedroom into the office. And then when I went to play stuff last night in the bedroom, it was trying to play it in here and was hanging up. And mm-hmm. so this is not scientific, but it feels like with all of these updates that they've done, that the back end is not right. where it needs to be. So you and I both saw this, right, with the uh, medicine alerts on right. the iPad and the health app. 
right? I think you mm-hmm. talked about that, didn't you? Where you were yeah. having some yeah. issues? The same issues, the same issues. So just any data didn't synchronize right away on the iPad. Now, again, I said, I'm still happy to have the health app on the iPad, even if it takes a while for it to update. I can just view the data later, but I, I, I kind of want up-to-date information on the iPad, right? If I go right. and step on the scale, it syncs with the phone and everything, but my phone is still on the dock, right? I, I, wanna, I still want to view that information and those trends and stuff on my, on my iPad, and it just, it's just not synchronizing right away. Yeah. And the same with the home app. I, actually, going on the cruise, I had to add my sister-in-law so she can manage the house and stuff while we're away. She'll still get notifications, <clears throat> you know, packages and stuff. She can still unlock the door. And there was a situation where she needed to unlock the door for my nephew or something. And it's just not sinking right away to the point where I had to take my wife off completely. And now it tells me she's not part of home, so I can't add her back. So I hadn't had a chance to sit down and really dig, yeah. do some resetting and things like that. But there are some synchronization issues going on in the back end with all of these yeah. updates and things. Now, I mean, this is a little bit of a downer. Apple's going to work on this and they're going to fix it. Right. Like I said, I right. was having I'm some of patient. these problems. Yeah, I was, I was having some of these problems on 16 they got fixed, but I don't like that I'm back here. And I thought, okay, well maybe when I upgrade to Sonoma, it's my last device, right? Really getting Mm -hmm. into back or into the most recent updates and stuff like that, but it hasn't done it. My Apple watch connectivity, I'll share something in the post show about the Apple watch that just blew my mind Mm -hmm. from a connectivity standpoint, but doesn't seem like it's staying solid. When I uh, transfer data in my brand new phone, remember my iPad messages, got out of sync and yes. I wasn't for like three hours. I wasn't getting the latest updates on messages on my iPad and my iPad sometime overnight last night did a uh, restarted. It wasn't a respring. It was a restart because it made me go in and enter my um, passcode again. Mm-hmm. So I, it just doesn't feel like it's all there. They're going to fix it. Yes. Um, I think it's mostly back end stuff. So, you know, they've got to get everything cut up there. Um, you know, I've mentioned work outdoors, my favorite workout app on the watch. It's inconsistent. I reached out to the developer and I've got to try and get him or her, uh, some diagnostics that come off the watch. I tried to do it and you know how hard it is to get big files from the watch to the phone. So by the time I got it over, it had reset anyway. So I'll be working on that, but yeah, it just doesn't feel as solid as before. So I think the message there is that if you're feeling like I've upgraded and things just seem to be a little bit out of whack. Yeah. I'm feeling it too. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not the only one. So, and again, we're not trying to scare everyone and and say that, Oh, you know, Apple has problems, you know, that save that for those clickbait articles out there to talk about phone overheating and stuff like that. But we're just letting you know, just be a little patient. There are some issues. You're not the only one that's uh, experiencing it, but man, really frustrating, really frustrating yeah. because like I say, with HomeKit, I mean, it, it, we control the home with it, right? There's no, there's no light switches and things like that. We're not walking in a room flipping switches and stuff like, like we did in 2005. I, I'm, I'm not so far into the future where I forgot how to do it, but <laughs> it's, it's just a hassle now when you try to use one of those new fancy, you know, widgets that you have right on your home screen and you don't get a response from it. I, I, it's just frustrating to me. Okay. Let's move off of that. And let's talk about 
some new phone stuff. Now, again, Jason's been gone. He's been on a cruise. So a lot of this is just coming from, from me here. But let's talk about the new phone stuff. And Jason, you can see the couple of things I've got in the notes. And then you added a couple more. Mm-hmm. This is all from an article. If you guys want to see and read the whole blog post, we'll put a link in the show notes. But it's just, if you go to Mount Nebel Consulting, which is mtnebelconsulting.com, there's a big banner for it right on the homepage that you can get to it. But which of these do you want to talk about first? One of yours, one of mine, I don't care. You pick. Well, I guess we can, let's talk about mine, right? And and only because we just talked about this with the iPads and stuff. So you just kind of mentioned briefly that you were enjoying the bigger screen and, and, and uh, uh, it was just, you know, just a brief paragraph. But as I'm reading it, I'm like, I thought you would, you would have made a bigger deal about it. So there's a few things that I wanted to, to ask you because you're coming from a smaller screen, right? And, and I, I put in quotes, lower quality, you know, I don't like that line of thinking because that was the best screen yeah. on an iPhone at the time, right? It's just, we, we've advanced a little bit. So when I say lower quality, I, I don't mean a crappy screen. It's just not as good quality as the one now. So I wanted to ask you a few things. How does the how are you faring with the new the bigger screen the better quality on some of the daily apps that you use right because you're you're seeing more of the apps you're you're seeing more of the are any of those apps taking advantage of the screen space or just like just your daily the ones that you use right the health app and and a few other ones how how is that working with the bigger screen in mind Yeah I'm glad I did the smaller screen um but man I'm glad I went back yeah, to the bigger screen, right? And it isn't just the bigger screen, but the the technology behind the screen, the quality of the screen. Right. I've got promotion right. now. I've got the better refresh rate, right? I've got the higher quality screen, all of that kind of stuff, and on this gorgeous, gorgeous display. Yeah. So you know, I've said in my wrap up, and Jason will laugh about this, but I've fallen back in love with the iPhone because I was a little bit, yeah, I need the phone, but it's not the center of my tech. Right. world but and but now i think i'm headed back in that direction maybe it's just because it's the newest device in my life right i mean maybe if i get a 12.9 <laughs> who knows you know it me in tech be. but but that's uh, how i am about my ipad though i, I feel yeah. the ipad is my center i felt the same way you felt about the phone for a few years yeah so i think i'm back there and the screen actually is one of those so you see more data everything is crisper um, like I said, in I I held up the tube or held up that to my iPad Mini, mm-hmm. and even if I do it on my my 12 on my uh, Scripture Study app, right? I, right? I've got kind of a tannish brown background instead of a white or a black right background because right. it makes it easier for me to read, and it looks super 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 duper pale on everything until I pull it up on my. Pro Max, and I look right. at it on the Pro Max, and it looks exactly <laughs> the way it should. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 amazing. Um, yeah, I I love it. I love it. I'm I'm couldn't be happier to have the bigger and the higher quality screen at this point. Okay, so now that kind of leads into my next question about the unseen benefits, right? And you mentioned reading. That was a thing for me, especially going to to the uh, to the new iPad. The screen was just easier for me to read, right? 
I, I, I don't know what this is like. I keep asking like some of my older brothers and stuff, what it's like getting old. It, it does, just doesn't happen to me. But I noticed, <laughs> I noticed oh, Jason, that Jason. Going, going to the newer screen, it was just easier for me to read. So it's just one of those unseen benefits and, you know, improving the technology. So, but not only that, but are there any unseen benefits that you see from having the newer screen, right? Because I know you put a screen protector on it and, and we'll talk about the difference in the, the feeling. Um, but do you feel like navigating the screen and well, I know holding the phone too is going to be an adjustment, right? Well, you had a week yeah. to adjust to it, but being able to do like one-handed navigation and still using things, how it snaps down the screen and you can reach the top half of the apps and all that. Are there any unseen benefits that you found from having the, the, the bigger screen and the, the, you know, the better technology? I think time will tell whether I've got less eye strain, for example, right? Because right. I don't have to focus so much. But um, it's just more of it feels better to you, yes. right, overall. And you can say this to a certain extent about the physical dimensions and the, the physical makeup of the phone itself, but the screen just feels better to use. I mean, I was using standby mode with some of the same stuff mm -hmm. right, on my 12 until my 15 showed up. But, I mean, I'm just glancing over right here. Right now I've got a picture. Um, I must have taken this one from an airplane. Um, but it's just this gorgeous panoramic view and it's just kind of subtly moving right. and it's just so crisp and sharp and with that bigger screen. And if I think of the same thing on my 12, I go, eh, eh. Yeah. right. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's hard to pin down, but it just feels so much better. And I think this is just advances in screen quality. Yes. Right. And like I said, I don't think the 12 had promotion. It didn't have all the, great refresh rates and all of that kind of stuff. And so it's the, you know, I had a boss at one point that used to talk about being nibbled to death by ducks. Mm -hmm. Right. And it isn't the duck that kills you. It's the 5,000 bites. Right. Right. That eventually gets to you. If I think about that on the positive side, it isn't just one little thing in the technology that makes the difference. Right. Yes. It's the combination yes. of all those little things that you go, wow, this is just something something amazingly different. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I couldn't be happier with it. My wife, um, she's using a mini right now and she's not going to be able to, right. Cause they don't make it anymore. And I told her she needs to go up. And honestly, I think, cause she won't want to go big, but I think the next time I buy her a phone, I'm buying the pro level of phone for her, even though okay. the regular one is super, super nice. Right. I mean, yeah. we'll see if they advance the 16, as much as they advanced the 15 this year with the camera and, all of that kind of stuff, it might right, not be right. a big deal, but you know, you get some of those extra screen, screen kind of stuff. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I think there are unseen benefits, but it's so hard to quantify. I can just tell you that I love using it, and that yeah. screen is a big part of that. Yeah. So my last thing was the uh, the island on there. So you shared a widget with me that I hadn't been using, uh, the with the uh, the sports uh, the sports alert. And uh, I've been using that more and uh, I love it. I love how it shows up on the, on the little Island and, and uh, of course the music apps and stuff like that. But are you getting any use out of that other than that? Or do you feel like me, like this is going to be Apple's, uh, what was it? The, the touch we were talking about the, uh, the peak and pop feature Yeah. after a couple touch. of years, the 3d touch, is this going to be Apple's 3d touch where 
Nobody's going to start developing for it. It's just not going to catch on other than a few apps that we have now. Well, I think, so it's two technologies, right? It's the hardware, which is the dynamic island, and then the mm -hmm. software behind it, which is live activities and some of the notifications and stuff right, like that. Right. I actually, I love the dynamic island. And I'm hoping that now that they expanded it to all of the 15 models, right? So every new phone now has the dynamic island that more developers right. will jump in. And, and not just the reason. Yeah, I mean, another one of the reasons Jason and I are talking about that Sports Alerts app is because ESPN is not doing live activities. Right. right. Why? Right? I already have my ESPN app and my account with ESPN, because it's Disney, set up exactly the way I want it. All mm -hmm. the right alerts, all my favorite teams, all of that kind of stuff. And I'm getting absolutely silence on the MLBN because the Yankees didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> Which was a tragedy. But uh, so we're trying that sports alerts. But I wrote this in the iOS 17 blog post that I kind of want something in that black pill all mm -hmm. the time. Right? right. And I'm going to use this example. And people can tell me that, well, you could have that in the um, uh, on the lock screen in a in a um, in a widget. Yes. I kind of would like like the current conditions some sort of an icon of the current weather conditions to always show up right. in that dynamic island. And right. to me be able to just tap on it, which is something I think they need to switch. If you tap, it opens the app. If you long press in the dynamic island, it pulls up more information. I think it should be the opposite personally. But, right. um, but there are, there's even Apple's weather app doesn't support live activities. Really, Apple? Yes. Weather app doesn't support live activities. Now, there are a couple of them out there. One of them I looked at actually yesterday was called Weather Live. But the problem is, is it waits for a storm. And then when the storm hits, you can go in and start the live activity then and then yeah. have it tracked and it'll show up in the dynamic island or on your lock screen or any of that kind of stuff. But that's not what I, I want. I would love, I would sacrifice a little bit of battery life for Apple to put weather stuff in that dynamic island all the time and for me to be able to press on it expand it out mm -hmm. right and you know give me the real-time alerts but just give me the general alerts i mean think about how much of your home screen is taken up by weather information and your widgets right. and stuff right because you want to know the temperature you want to know if it's going to rain all of this other stuff because you work outside a lot so right. i love it i want more out of it right, right i want it right. to be more taken so, advantage of a lot better sort of like the complications on yeah on the uh, on the watch so we can should have some dynamic island complications that we can put and get receive information that we want to receive no matter what state the screen is in yeah i would love that right i mean if i i'm back to using the modular ultra watch face because right I, just, I went back to snoopy this yeah. week <laughs> did you yeah well that's great but i mean if i could see some of that information just in that dynamic island and that kind of stuff. Again, yeah. I know you can see it on the lock screen, but like right now I'm looking at a photo in standby mode. So there's none of that information on my screen. Right. If there was just a little icon that told me it was hot or cold or whatever outside, I don't, there's a million uses for this stuff. I just don't think enough developers took advantage of it and there wasn't enough pressure. And maybe now there will be with right. the 15s all having it. So, but yeah, so that was all I had. I thought in the article, you just kind of glanced over what was a big deal for me. Well, what I was most curious about your experience uh, for me, and you just kind of glanced by it and, you know, I watched the movie. It was good. 
I like the big screen. Well, no, I need more details. So yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I mean, wanted that, to talk about that. I put that in there. Fallen Kingdom. I just happened to put on. You know the scene in Fallen Kingdom when they're pulling off the island and the big brontosaurus or whatever it is is got the cloud that overshadows it because yeah, the, the smoke lava is coming, is coming yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had that scene on, and I'm just like, holy cow, the quality of that picture. And I had the new AirPods in, and the sound, and I'm just going, oh, my goodness. So honestly, right. if Apple's Vision Pro can do that on 80 inches in my living room, right? it will take events for me to go back to the theater, right? I mean, it'll have to be these big social events or of course I'm not going to have three or four of these in my home. So if we wanted to all go watch a movie as a family, but right. that's uh, you're right. I probably should have done a little more on that. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, re really big deal, but I'm glad you got to explain it on the show. Well, the other thing, so let's tie that in. When I said, I'm falling back in love with the phone, the hardware, mm -hmm. just the physical phone is is amazing and you have a question in here about the titanium i do like the look of the natural titanium it doesn't pick up as many fingerprints as the stainless steel but they are still there if you look close and see them yeah um but just the overall feel and i am still caseless okay i use okay. my my spigen spigen however you say it case when i'm doing outdoor stuff and on a side note I was on my father-in-law's driving lawnmower because mine has a dead tire and I haven't bothered to fix it yet because I'm done <laughs> mowing the lawn for the year. But uh, I was on there and I had that phone in the case in my pocket of my shorts while I was mowing the lawn. And all of a sudden, I just had this nightmare of that phone slipping out and sliding underneath the deck of the lawnmower mm -hmm. and me having to go take that to an Apple store and say... Right. <laughs> um, I ran over this with a lawnmower. It was a nightmare. But I mean, you remember back in the day that Apple geniuses loved getting devices like that. And if you had something unique that happened to your device, your odds of getting a brand new replacement right then and there were really good because right. they were collecting those and shipping them back to headquarters and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, ah, no, uh, did not want to go through that. But yeah, right. so I'm still going caseless. I've got a screen protector on the front, screen protector on the back. Um, it's, you know, the same Allian, however you say, A-L-I-U-N, there's links in that article. Mm -hmm. And then uh, those new Shakorzi or whatever it is that we got, right, for the back. Have you put yours on yet? On I did, and I, and I already have a crack in it. I was going to mention that. I already nice. have a crack in it. <laughs> but I did put well, it it's on better, it. It's better that than the back, right? And two more come in the package. I have noticed, though, that when I put it on, it all looked good. But I can tell now that there's air between the apple logo and the screen protector and that makes okay. sense right because there's no adhesive right to keep it down so you can kind of see the little rainbowy you know how it gets sometimes you can yeah. see it's not a bubble but it's like that little rainbow it doesn't change the look of it but um i love it i'm still going caseless the back glass changed the feel of the back right putting that screen protector on okay that matte finish was subtle so I've had the screen protector on. I don't even remember what it felt like now, but right. I am loving that. The rounded edges. I know you like the more square edges, but just holding that, using the device, I can sit there and read for a half hour in the morning when I'm doing my study, mm -hmm. when I'm sitting out in the hammock, instead of doing everything on my iPad mini, I'm pulling up the phone because I love to hold it. The screen is just incredible. And so those are the reasons that I think I say that I have just fallen back in love with 
the right. iPhone, and it's more the center of my stuff. I still try and leave it home when I know I'm not going to need photos when I'm out on bike rides and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but beyond that, it's getting way more use than it has for the last three years. So okay, and and that was another big question that we had. Come spring, would you be just your your Pro Max and and go ahead and jump up to a big you know a bigger iPad Pro and just leave out the Mini, or if you're still going to be tempted to get a Mini? So I, I think that's the most likely scenario. I mean, right. I've already got the Mini. Uh, if they do something amazing to up to upgrade it, then it'll right. be because we still don't know. We still don't know. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. Um. We'll see where it goes. I, I would have to have that bigger iPad because there's still things I like to do with the Apple Pencil. Yes. So I need an iPad that allows me to use the Apple Pencil um, for, for certain things that I do. So right. I don't know. Right. We'll see. So And then, go ahead. We, we, t- go we ahead. talked about the color, right? So no regrets yeah. on the color. Because remember, I, nope. was, I was really feeling the natural. And it, it just looked good when I went to the store. But again, it was in Apple's perfect lighting and everything. But every review and every time I've seen the white one, I think I changed my mind. I think the white one is the way to go. So yeah. no regrets on that. You still love nope. the white? None. Love the white. Um, I see it every time when I lay it face down, right? right? I can see that back. And the screen protector didn't change it. I think the natural would have looked a little bit dirty. Right. 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 And I think that might have bugged me yeah it would have irritated you every time you looked at it (laughs) so no no regrets they still need to put colors right i mean i'm i don't have a plans to put a wrap on this i mean uh i have thought about putting a wrap on top of that screen protector Mm -hmm. right um but i'm not planning on doing that right now we'll see when spring comes when i'm doing all that outdoor stuff and sometimes i forget to put my case on if i want a little more Right. something on it or if i get bored with the color or something like that but no i i have no regrets with the white okay yeah yeah i think it was a good choice uh i think the last thing the action button so you're you're gonna want this so you know the problem with the action button is that it's a single press right it can right. only do one thing but i knew it wouldn't be too long before somebody came up with some alternatives here. And so uh, Federico Vitici over on Mac Stories came up with a shortcut called multi-button. And you can download it straight from him. And trust me, you want to download it from him because when I started looking at how he set that thing up, I was like, oh no, I would have never got there. Um, (laughs) But um, I have gone back and forth with it just a little bit, but currently I've not changed what, I did have the camera as the default for a little while. Um, And then I changed it to my scripture study app Mm -hmm. and then the camera was the second press so basically what it does is and you can change the timing parameters on this but if you press the button once and it runs the shortcut to open my scripture study app if i press it again within seven seconds then it does a different action if it's more than seven seconds it goes back to the original so what i have it set to do right now is to open that scripture study app but on the second press it pulls up a menu of shortcuts and I've got one shortcut that opens the camera app, another shortcut that opens a different study aid that I have for when I study in the morning. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple other, it's like four or five shortcuts that are associated with it. So if I press it once, I get my study app. If I press it the second time, then I can just tap on one of those shortcuts and it runs 
that next okay. set of shortcuts. And in theory, you could have it pull up a menu one and then the second time a different menu and run stuff. So um, they still need to make it so you can double or triple. Right. I, I think that would stuff. be more useful, right? Yeah, I, I do too. But um, so, but between that and then the back tap, the double back tap and the triple back tap, I've got some pretty cool stuff that I can do with it. The only other thing about the action button, besides giving us more flexibility and how many times we press it, is it's clear up there on that top left, right? And right. so and for those of you that don't know, if you've got the Max phone, you can get to the top of the screen by swiping down at the bottom and it pulls the screen down right. and puts the top half of the screen at the bottom so you can interact with it. But you can't do that with a physical hardware yeah. button. The button's right? there. And I've got pretty big hands, but it's still up there a little ways. So. I'd like it to be somewhere else. And maybe if they move to non-physical buttons, right, to the uh, haptic touch kind of buttons, they can move it somewhere else. But I actually think it'd be great right below the volume buttons. Might right. be a good spot. At, or on the other side with the, the power and standby button. But yeah, I, I think it's a great feature. I've got the muscle memory. You know, sometimes with these features, right, you'd never break your old muscle right. memory. But right. between rearranging my home screen so that my scripture study app is not on there anywhere and um, having that action button set up. That's what I use. So, okay. Yeah, Which I is like a, another big reason why I think they didn't move the, the button. Cause you, you, it would make sense midway and uh, in, in the phone or, or, you know, midway down the, the, the physical body also. So they didn't have to change the hardware that much. Right. Because it still is the mute and uh, uh, the uh, unmute button by default. But, um, yeah, I think just people with that muscle memory of, of having that button there all of these years. So just have to adjust the way you hold the phone. Yep. Remember back with, uh, what was it, iPhone 4 with the antenna? Apple said, oh, no, yeah, you're, you're holding, holding the phone. Wrong. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you're holding your phone wrong now. You have to use that button a different way. All right. Uh, let's breeze through these accessories, too just to talk about this. And so right. Jason, have, have you been using MagSafe? I have. And, and it's sort of like you when, um, when uh, I switched to the phone, MagSafe everywhere, including in the, in the vehicles, in my wife's truck, in my truck, uh, er, MagSafe everywhere. And that's mainly how I charge my phone. So I actually plug in a, a USB cable in. Uh, we only do that when we're traveling or in uh, some of my, uh, my in-laws cars or we have a rental car or something like that. So yeah, Mac MagSafe everywhere for me. I did have a question though. When you put your back glass uh protector on, did that affect the way your MagSafe connects? Okay, it's it's connecting better. I it mean, hasn't or so just far. as good. So so tell me this, uh, at least on my stands, right? Cuz I've got a stand in my office, which is on right now. Mm -hmm. I've got a stand on my nightstand. The car charger, I have a question cuz I've never used any sort of a grip in my car, mm -hmm. right? So if you've said you've got MagSafe in your car, does right. it feel loose? Does it feel like it's going to slide at all or does it hold it pretty good? So, that, and that's the thing. So on my wife's phone, she has a bumper. So hers connects directly to the glass, uh, directly to the back of the phone. Um, that's been the case. It's been fine when I didn't have the back screen protector on. But now that I put this back screen protector back on, I notice it slides a little bit. So... It holds my phone pretty good, my, and my phone, as well as your phone, is going to be a lot heavier than the, than the 13, right? We hit a bump, 
that 13 doesn't move. My phone has spell off a couple of times, and um, but I noticed with the black glass uh, protector on, it doesn't snap like it like it does on my even even the dock I have by the bed. I kind of have to get it in that right spot, and it'll it'll go on there. It's easier to come off. I don't I don't have any fear that it's gonna fall or slide off if even if I bump into the uh, the nightstand, but uh, it just doesn't snatch the phone out of my hand like it does when yeah. it, when i don't have that back protector on so just curious to see if you had the same the same uh um the same experience now in my truck which is an older rougher ride than, than my wife's truck um i don't have it mounted up on the dash i have it in the cup holder and i have it kind of angled back so that way i can i can you know kind of reach down like this and grab the phone versus okay. reaching forward so um I don't have that problem with it coming off of, of of my dock, but in my wife's truck, it does. It does. If we hit a, a hard enough bump, it'll fall off of the uh, off of the mount. And that's probably true with any MagSafe, right? right? I mean, because otherwise, you wouldn't be able to pull the phone off, right? Right. right? You'd have or to without pulling hands. the whole dock off of the, uh, yeah, the stand yeah, yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So I've got the anchor ones. They definitely still snap in place better. The other one I bought for the car. The mm -hmm. anchors are the stands. The Lysen, L-I-S-E-N, is the one I bought from Amazon. Got really good ratings. They had a whole range of products. But the reason I bought the one I did is because their sticky mount, I, I tried mounting it first in the vent, but my gear shift on the truck okay. hits it. So that was out because that was actually better because it wouldn't have been above the dash and wouldn't have got sun, you know, all those kinds of things. Right. But the other reason I bought it is because I knew the only place I could really mount it on the dash I was going to have to mount it over a bend in the dash, over a corner in the dash. And right. this one's got two pieces, and they can adjust however they need to. Okay. So that's why I bought this one. And it was on Super Duper Sale, and I had some credit from some of the stuff I had returned. So I didn't buy just the holder. I actually bought the charger. came with the USB-A to USB-C that I plug into the bottom of it. Okay. So, yeah, it's been okay. I haven't driven a ton with it. I mean, honestly, I think I filled up my truck six weeks ago and I'm still on full. So it's wow. not like I drive everywhere, but I got thinking about, okay, when I go on these camping trips and stuff, right, I want right. I, I want to be able to just set it there. So it holds on okay, but it rotates just a little bit. Okay, and then it I, settles, I do get a right? bit of that. So right. I have it vertical, but then it'll rotate just slightly, which bugs my OCD, but I'll probably just have to, <laughs> to get you to, used to it, so. What's been interesting, though, about the car charger, so if you think about standby mode, right, if you put it vertical, or if you put the phone horizontal, mm -hmm. and it's charging, it should kick into standby mode. Well, it doesn't automatically in the car. And so I got it to work, but what I haven't figured out is what combination of, it's plugged into the USB-A in the car, mm -hmm. right, which means the car recognizes it as an external drive and a device and all that kind of stuff. But it's also connected by a Bluetooth, which is how I play all my music and stuff. And mm -hmm. that connecting by a Bluetooth to my vehicle turns on driving mode, driving focus mode okay. automatically. So I'm and wondering so if that I has something to do with it. I don't know which combination of that, right, prevents it from going into standby mode because I thought it'd be really cool to have my big clock display yes. or something like that right there on there. So... I'm still fiddling with that, and we'll see if the first time it falls off, I chip one of the screen protectors. I'll, I might be rethinking my placement and trying to put it. The problem is, so this is when I, I do it, because 
when we travel like that, you know, if we grab a burger and fries or something while we're traveling, mm-hmm. the fries have to sit in the cup holder and the drink sits down in the cup holder that's on the floor. Right. You know, and there's this whole juggle of how I get to eat while I'm driving. And um, so I don't like my phone to go down into that cup holder because it's always dirty. Right. right? It's right. always got <laughs> something in there. Right. And, yep. Same here. But now with the Max, if I set it in the little square place that's designed to hold like your wallet or something, it doesn't fit right. So it's absolutely going to slide off at some point. And so I thought I want to get this out of the way. So um, we'll see. Um, not a big deal. And I can control everything via Siri. So it's not like I'm worried about, I want to be able to reach up and text or, you know, something like that. No, that's not the case. So, but the other thing about all of this wireless charging is, um, the Qi charging for the AirPods Pro. You and I talked about this, and I had mentioned that yes. if I put the AirPods on with the lid facing towards me, they seem to settle on there better. Mm-hmm. Well, both of my anchor stands seem to detect um, foreign objects really, really easy. Now, they've got all these safety things built in, right? So they don't want to have any additional objects on the charging pad that could conduct electricity. Right. And they've got overheating protection and all of those kinds of things built in. But I have noticed that on a semi-regular basis, my AirPods, it'll start flashing, which means it's either low voltage, which I can't imagine it is. Otherwise, I'd have bigger electrical problems in my house, Mm -hmm. right? Or it's foreign object detection. So I don't know if it's the case. Remember, I bought that fun little headphone-y kind of case that goes on this. Or if it somehow is sensitive, because they're not designed for AirPods. It's Qi charging. It's not MagSafe. Or if it's okay. that little metal hinge on the back of the case, if yep. that gets it's just wrong, that throws things off. Now, it's probably aluminum, yep. so in theory, it shouldn't conduct electricity, but I don't know. So, But I've gone back to, I just kind of slide them on the wrong way, right, I don't, I, mm-hmm. with the case facing towards me, and slide it on just enough that it kicks in, and it's good to go. But um, I thought maybe I was having some problems with my surge protector, so I bought another one. Talking about your hub, I made sure I bought one, this anchor power strip <laughs> that's got, um, it's actually got six, two on each side and two on the top. And then it's got two USB-A IQ ports and right. one USB-C PD port on the front of, on the end of it. So it's still way fatter than I thought it was going to be. I thought it might be a great one to swap with the one that's out in my trailer, but it's, it's really fat. I mean, it's right. super duper fat. So I thought that might be the case, but. Anyway, it's not a big deal on any of this, and it's still nice to be able to wirelessly charge this stuff. Yeah. Um, but just something to to think about. It's again, it's Qi charging. It's not necessarily MagSafe, so it's not snapping into the perfect. Yeah, the perfect location position. on these. Yeah. Yeah. And I told you that was always a problem with mine. And you know, I I keep my AirPods in my little Thor hammer here. I I don't have the the handle to it. Yeah. That's the charging port, but. So I don't use the wireless charging as much as I used to, but it was kind of the same. I had to get it right, just right, or otherwise it wouldn't charge. So. I think that's why you want the new Qi2 standards, because Apple helped develop those, and they're supposed to have magnets built into that new standard. So right. not specific, they use MagSafe as the basis, but the, in theory, if they were Qi2, there would be a magnet in the back of the AirPods that would snap onto Right. The charging pad and put it in the right location. So, uh, Jason, I'm gonna 
I'm going to um, make you, you told me not to do this. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, AirPods Pro 2. Yeah. yeah. They're all that. Well, so I know so, you told me not to make you want to upgrade, but you just reminded me too before Wendy left for her doctor's appointment. She said she's going to give you her review of the Beats next week. So she didn't really get oh. to play with them. They came in the Excellent. day we got on the ship. So she she took them to the doctor's office. She's going to use them all week, and she's going to let you know what your recommend if your recommendation was a good recommendation. But we had kind of talked about it. We had decided on those before. You just found yeah. a deal for us, which was an awesome deal, by the way. Really, really yeah, good I mean, deals. Wyatt's got two pair of those. Yeah. And loves them, right? And there's still something to be said to not have the little stems pointing down, but they don't have all of the Apple fancy stuff. But here's the thing. Yeah. I didn't expect... I expected feature upgrades. I did not expect audio upgrades on the AirPods Pro 2. Okay. Right. I knew that they were getting the adaptive audio, the conversation awareness. I turned that off, by the way. It's not good. Um, <laughs> really? It okay. would drop the volume, but it wouldn't return back to normal quickly enough. Yeah. My grandkids could trigger it. Like I would trigger it. I was out in the hammock and they're running around screaming and stuff, and it right. triggered it. Um, I've heard one podcaster say it triggers when he's brushing his teeth. Right. And right. then the kicker for me is I sing along to music, especially if I'm out walking and riding. And the first time I did it, it dropped the volume and I went, oh, no, yeah, no. Yeah. So conversation awareness <laughs> is off. Now, the sound is better. There's a notable, noticeable sound upgrade from the AirPods Pro first gen. Okay. Noticeable sound upgrade. But that adaptive audio... And like on one of my walks, a dump truck came by and it raised the volume so I could hear better. And when I'm out on my bike rides, if there's a truck starting to come, I can hear the truck starting to come and it starts to make some adjustments. And I think there's some refinement they can do. So I didn't know it it raised the volume too. I thought it just lowered it. So yeah. Well, it's supposed to, that adaptive audio in theory is supposed to make the loud noises you don't care about. Mm-hmm. Remember the jackhammer, right? It's right. supposed to make that go away so you can hear more clearly. So it could be just isolating those noises and not raising the volume. And I don't know that I would be able to tell the difference, right? Because right. It, it's, it still sounds louder because when you first hear the truck, you hear the truck, right? I mean, I yes. could hear the dump truck coming and then all of a sudden it's adjusted and I could hear my music the way I needed to. So I like that. Um, but there is, there's a quality... There's a quality update on that there. So I, I think it's, it's uh, they're definitely worth considering um, when you're ready for the update. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I, think I am ready. And, and it's one of those things where, like, I look for any and every issue that comes up with these things. Like, like uh, the issue you fixed earlier, where one was connected and one wasn't. And it happened to me, but it was because it didn't go back in the case properly. Right. And it was completely dead. That happened several times. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go ahead and upgrade. And then the problem goes away. And, and they still work fine. So, I, Well, I'll tell you, I think the Prime Day deal right now has them 50 bucks off. So the same price I paid okay. at Best Buy. Okay. Uh, I'll look into that. But I, I do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep a close eye, too, on these beats, too, because they sounded awesome when we were setting them up for They They sounded really good. So we'll, we'll see. Oh, and. Mine got a better seal. 
whatever minor design change they made between one and two, right? They seal better with the exact same ear tips. Okay. Okay. May have, may have adjusted it quite a you know a tad bit. So. All right, we're running long. Just two other real quick things. You know, we talked about that personal voice. I had mentioned that I had hoped the beta would get stable enough before my mom passed. Yes. So I could have had her do this. I set mine up. It is, you can tell it's me. Okay. Um, but the inflection and the changing the, you know, your cadence and that kind of stuff, it's a robotic version of me. Right. 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 And I don't know how I would ever use it. I've got one of my back taps set to launch it. And so basically you do that and you type it in and then it reads off whatever it is. You know, it's like on a Top Gun Maverick when Val Kilmer is using his computer to talk. Right. He's typing on the computer and then it's speaking. It's kind oh, of what yeah. it does. Sort of like that. Stephen Hawking. Yeah. I'd like thing. them. I'd like him to integrate it into other places. Right. Let me. You know, let me type in a message and say, send to Jason as my personal voice. Yeah, that would be cool. So I could type the whole, yeah, so stuff like that. But that was pretty cool. Um, I would recommend everybody go in and set it up. You never know. Yeah. Right? You never know if something's going to happen. And you know what I was thinking of from my mom? I thought it'd be really cool, like on my siblings' birthdays, to be able to send them a quick note in my mom's voice that said, happy birthday or something like that. So um, go set it up. So how how robotic does it sound though? Because like you say, you, you can still tell it's you, right? But it just yeah. just it's missing the inflections and stuff. And remember, Siri was the same way, and then Siri improved. Is this something you think that would be improved in the next few years? I think so. Um, I'm typing right now. Let me hold this up to the microphone and see if you can hear it. Okay. Here, Jason. Let's see if you can hear this. Yeah. So it does sound robotic, but I can definitely tell that it, it's, it sounds a lot like you. So I do like it. It's about the quality that I would expect. Currently yeah. In I this mean, version. it sounds better than I thought it would. Yeah. Um, and it does take the 15 minutes to go ahead and set it up. You, and I sat here in my office at 1130 at night, which is when I remembered I wanted to do it. Yeah. Read all those phrases, took about 15 minutes, and then you let it sit. And when I woke up in the morning, it was ready. So okay. it did take all night, and some people have said it can take longer. So uh, just plan on it. And it's all okay. processing on device. I was able to go in. I didn't realize you could do this, but it's now shared with all my devices. So that same personal voice exists on all of them. Okay. And you can set up more than one. So the other thing I thought about doing was setting up... Uh, they don't have support for multiple languages yet, but I thought about maybe trying to set up a Portuguese one yeah. just instead of reading them in English, reading them off in Portuguese. But I would just up, rec- go set it up. You just never know. I mean, if something unexpected happened and your, your, whoever's left behind has your phone and could do that, that might be something they like, right? Yeah. Is to go in and be able to hear your voice again. So it's worth the 15 minutes. Yeah. And then finally, I did upgrade to Sonoma. It's fine. I'm glad everything <laughs> is on the latest. I tried setting up a couple of widgets, and one of them, you know how you can put widgets on your desktop from your phone? Well, I tried setting up my to-do one on there. It's just mm-hmm. there's too much latency for the yeah. updates and stuff like that. So I've, gone, I've turned them off. There's just nothing that really impacts or interests me. Um, the messaging stuff is fine. You know, the extra all that kind of stuff fine 
Yeah. Um, but I'm not I'm not using any of it. It's stable. Nothing broke. There you go. Upgrade. Yeah. It's nice to be on the latest. All right, Jason, I think that's it. Anything else you can think of for today? No, no, that was all. Like you say, we ran a little long, but I think we uh we talked through the blog pretty good. I think it was a really good a really good read. Um it was a little long. You mentioned in a couple of <laughs> in a couple of points that that this was a little uh, it was going to be a longer one that that uh um uh, you really had a lot of things to cover in the in the blog, but other than that, I like it and I look forward to contributing and seeing uh more from the blog. Yeah, Jason will get some articles in there. So, you know, as wrap up, don't forget, check out the YouTube channel, check out the homepage. I think we'll probably have to get the blog on its own domain at some point and not have mm -hmm. it connected to my company stuff. But, you know, it's all stuff we'll work on. Let us know what you'd like to see. You know, use the feedback form, send us a note, any of those kinds of things. Put a comment on the videos or, you know, on the blog. I think I've got comments turned on on the blog. Maybe, maybe not. I can't remember. But uh, anyway, let us know because we've got, we're putting in time and effort into the stuff. We want to make sure it's what you guys want. So don't come back and tell us, hey, you need higher quality audio and video. We know. Um, someday. We know. Right? So. All right. But that's it. Jason, did you come up with a cool podcast closing while you were on your cruise? Well, I didn't see anyone on the beach. So I'll just see you guys on dry land. Boring old dry land. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Hey, see you next week. Well, thanks for sticking around, everyone. Here's the post show. Now, we're going to get a little geeky, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant. Jason, I think, will laugh about this, but I want to talk about watchOS 10 and one little thing that happened there. Um, talk about accessing USB-C drives. And yeah. then let's talk about batteries, because there's been this ramp up on, and I don't know why, but there's been this ramp up on people testing what's the best way to charge and things about heat in the phone and heat in the bricks. And uh, then I want to talk about battery management a little bit too. So yeah. Jason and I have definite opinions on battery, um, which is one of the reasons why we both have the Ultra. It's all about the battery. Yeah. Um, so that's what we'll cover here in the post show. Appreciate you guys sticking around. So, Jason, you always laugh, which when I talk about how much music I store on my phone and on my watch. So right. I will tell you that I'm actually storing more on my watch now than I was before. And wow. one of the reasons for that is I don't know what happened, but it seemed like the watch, when I repaired it to the new phone, wasn't recognizing that my music was on there. So I went back in and, and I re-added it didn't sync all of the playlists that I re-added, so it makes me think that they were on there. They just hadn't been indexed or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but then I added more just to see if I could. So instead of nine, I'm up to <laughs> almost 12 gigabytes of music on my watch. Wow. And for the average person out there, I mean, five gigs is, a, is enough music to, to get you through any workout, yeah. any, a, a couple of workouts during the week. So <laughs> that is a yeah. lot. <laughs> well, but, and just again, for those of you that haven't listened before, the reason I do this is because I go ride and I go camping and I do these other things where yeah. cell phone signal may not exist or it's really spotty. And so I don't want to have to worry about it. And I do take my watch. I have cellular on it, but cellular on the watch is not a great connection to start with. It's not mm -hmm. worth a whole lot, um, which is why I'm glad it's super cheap. But 
um, I want to have my music on there so that if I'm on a two hour bike ride in the middle of a mountain, I can listen to whatever I want to listen to. Same thing goes yeah. for my podcast. So I do sync overcast onto my watch so that the stuff is physically on the watch. Right. So, which is really convenient. Yeah. So I know I'm in the minority here, vast minority here, but yesterday I was out on in the hammock and you'd think I have my, I was actually working on my MacBook. I had my iPad sitting there, my iPhone sitting there, and I still wanted the music to play off my watch. Yeah. Not to have my watch control the phone. And the reason for that is if I get up, I leave everything there, right? right? And I walk inside and I may come clear back to the back corner of the house or I may go out to check the mail or whatever the case may be. And I don't want the staticky or the, to drop the connection. And my right. watch is sitting on my wrist, right? So I went in and I hit play on the music and uh, it was playing on my phone. Yeah. Through my AirPods that were connected to my watch, but it's playing off of the phone. And no matter what I did, I couldn't get it to play the music directly from from my phone or from, from my watch. watch. Right. So yeah, so I go in and that's when I notice that, okay, it's saying my, my playlists aren't on there. So that makes total sense, right? That, that it's not going to do it if I don't have any music loaded mm -hmm. on there. So I go in and I add those and I did that. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to disconnect my watch from my phone. Not the permanent disconnect, but I'm just going to turn off Bluetooth. Right. Right? Easiest way. So, Quick and easy. Yep. So I turn off Bluetooth. I go to a playlist that I know is on the watch and I hit play. And I hear the music starting to come from my phone. Because <laughs> it's not the phone's not connected to my AirPods anymore, right? right? The AirPods are connected to my watch, but there's no Bluetooth turned on on my phone, and the music's coming out of the phone's speakers itself. I assumed, apparently falsely so, that when you disconnected, there was no way your watch was going to be talking to your phone. And then I right. went, oh, continuity via Wi-Fi. Right, right, right. So they're both sitting on the same Wi-Fi network, but then that got me even more frustrated. One, I think that's a bad choice. Um, but two, I was like, why, right? Why is this working this way? Why can't I get the music to play on there? Now it used to be obvious, right? You used to have a section that said on watch. And so that's how you would go in and you could go in and you could play this stuff. And Wait. So, so that's still that's still not there. I guess I hadn't listened to music. That is not there. So on wow. music you have listen now, radio, library and search. And if you go into library, it's going to say, you know, the same thing it does on your phone, it's going to show playlists, it's going to show all of that kind of stuff, but it's all of your playlists. It isn't just the stuff that is downloaded onto your phone. Hmm. I guess I had. So, I need to. I need to get my music loaded back, and test that out. So what I had to do is I had to hit the three dots. So when you're on the music screen, when you're trying to choose some music, there's three dots, and then you press those, and it takes you to the now playing screen, and it's got the little, you know, the AirPlay icon, the circles with the triangle at the bottom. Right. So I had to go into that, and I had to 
you know how you can do like control other speakers and TV? You can do that on your phone. Yes. I had to go into that and I had to do control other speakers and TV and choose my watch. Wow, that is pretty complicated. And now if I go in to the music app and I go into that, it's got it's defaulted to the check mark is by Apple Watch. But why did I have to do that in the first place? Is it because my music disappeared? I don't know. I think it was still on there. It just hadn't indexed it. So I do a Google search on this. Tons of people are having this problem with watchOS 10, right? It's just not straightforward enough of me being able to specify what is playing on my watch versus mm -hmm. what is playing on my phone. Now, to be fair to Apple, 99% of people, right. in 99% of the circumstances, it's better that it's playing from your phone and just airplaying to your, you're just controlling your phone, which is airplaying to your headphones, right? right. Or collected by Bluetooth because it saves your watch battery and more processing power and blah, 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 blah. But it used to not be this dang complicated. No. So why, right? Give me a section that says on watch and a section that says not on watch and I could stream. I've got a cellular version of the watch, so I could stream that stuff yes. if I want to, but make it easy for me to choose where this stuff is going. And so I love my watch, but this one thing has me a little bit flustered yeah. about this because I got it to work because I'm tenacious and I'm willing to try things. Right. You the want it to work the way that, you want it. Yep. Yeah, that went out. They would never have figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you made the change, is it going to default now to the watch? Are you changing the settings? Uh, assuming no. some update I mean, doesn't change it back. Yeah. Now, if I go into listen now, it's showing first all the playlists that I've added onto the watch. So now the listen now mm -hmm. seems to be what it's supposed to be. So okay. I'm gonna go switch this. I'm gonna say control other devices and speakers, and I'm gonna go to the phone. And now if I go into listen now, let's see. It looks exactly the same, mm. except for now, up in the upper right, on the three dots, there's a little phone, itty bitty phone icon down in the bottom right. Now I can see now that there's a little arrow that says this playlist has been downloaded on the watch, which is a good improvement there. But now I'm gonna have to go back in, hit those three dots, hit the three dots. I'm gonna have to go to the, hit the three dots. I'm gonna have to go back and I'm gonna have to go into control other speakers and TVs, choose my Apple Watch. Now it's defaulted back to my Apple Watch. Who would have known that you needed to go do so it looks like it'll at least right. stay there. <laughs> but the average so two person questions. wouldn't go through this trouble. No, but two questions, right? And I get it. This second one I think applies to everybody, but one, why not make it easier? Why not make it obvious for those of us that want to play this stuff straight off of the watch? Right. Because I don't want to stream when I'm out, because the cellular connection on the watch again is not great, and there's always buffering. Like it buffers like a song and a half and I'll get halfway through the second song and then it's got a buffer again right. to pull down the rest, especially where I walk and if I go up in the mountains and stuff. So that's number one, make it easier to do that. 
let me choose what the default is, which hopefully this will stick now. I'll, I'll report back. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing that happens all the time is there's this auto switching on our devices, right? On our headphones because of the Apple chip that's inside. Yes. Right? So why on my, on my watch, and I have not used my Beats with this watch yet, okay? I haven't used it at all. But why when I go use my AirPods on another device and I come back to do something on my watch, does it not remember that I connected to those AirPods right. last and connect and connect easily? Because like if I go hit overcast and I'll hit play on a podcast, it's going to pop up and say, where do you want to play this audio? Right. Well, there's Instead only of one just... option. <laughs> yeah, it's they my won't, AirPods. They won't, they won't let me play out of the watch speakers. The only option that I have since everything else is not connected at the moment, you know, my Maxes are in their case, so they're not connected. The Beats are not connected. The only option that's showing up there is my AirPods Pro 2. Why don't you just automatically connect to that? Right. Because, and keep that connection because half the time I have to do that two or three times to get it to actually connect. Yes. And play, right? So this goes back to that thing about, I feel like, you know, some things are just not quite where they, they need to be in the back end. Now, this is a really, really itty bitty device. It is. Right? There's not a lot of processing power. The radios and stuff in it are not the same as are in the phone. So I get all of that kind of stuff. But this is what I want the watch to be, right? Yes. I want it to do all of this stuff. I get it if you don't want to do all the auto switching, fine. But just make it easier for me to know exactly what I'm doing, set it the way I want, and then please remember my settings. Right, right. So, and I know you said you're in a small minority that want this. But I think if it was easier to be able to navigate all that, right? If it was easier, remember transferring music to the watch was a hassle. Hassle. I know you said yeah. it's improved. I hadn't tested it for myself. But if things were easier, more people would do it. And it just sounds like one of those things where it this may be that complicated to discourage people from doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? I I would I wouldn't want to think that Apple would want to discourage people from taking advantage of features that are available, but you know, if it was easier, more people would do it. And that's just yeah. not the case with, with music streaming on the, on the watch. So, First time you launch the app, have it pop up a thing that says, hey, did you know you can move music onto your watch right. and play it even if your phone's not around? Tell us what to move. We'll move it tonight while you're sleeping, while it's charging or whatever the case may be. And then, oh, by the way, if you play this music, do you want us to play it from your watch? Or from the phone first. Right. And, and do you only own one pair of AirPods? Okay, we'll only stream to those. We'll always look for those AirPods and only stream to those. And yeah, and yeah it just, it's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a pretty weird situation. I had frustrations like that in the past, but yeah, that sounds like they just made it extra complicated for no reason. Yeah, I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, okay. So one other geeky thing, I think this is pretty cool and it's going to tie into our battery management and charging stuff, but these USB-C ports on the new phones are standard USB-C. I mean, everybody thought Apple right. might do something proprietary and lock it down and you wouldn't get full functionality. Yeah. Try to dumb it down but, like lightning or something like that. But that is not the case. Now, if you use the out of the box cable, it's super slow. If you want to do high speed data transfer, you're going to need to buy a much more expensive cable. You'll need Thunderbolt three, mm -hmm. but 
what this does mean, and they actually have a feature that requires this, like if you wanna record 4K video at 60 frames per second, you have to record straight to an external drive because they don't want you taking up your entire iPhone right. hard drive, right? And you and I both talked about you start recording something and your your storage gets full and it says, oh yeah, we're done. Yeah, and it won't <laughs> yeah, save we're the done. video. Yep. Nope, we're done. So I'll, we'll put a link to this in there, but it's not just USB-C drive. So like you can plug in a USB thumb drive, you can run a cable to a Mac. I've seen really fancy rigs where they were recording straight to their Macs, but they were using the phone as their video camera. Right. This also means, and I haven't tried this yet, I probably should, do I have a, I don't have a cable here, handy dandy, but you can charge your AirPods from your phone mm -hmm. with a USB-C to USB-C cable or a USB-C to lightning cable, I think. Right, I'm sure that'll you work. You can charge two phones. If you're two iPhones you connect by that, it'll talk, they talk to each other. And then they say, oh, yeah, you've got less battery. We'll charge you from this other one. Yeah. Which is super duper cool. So anyway, that's kind of geeky. Um, for those that are out there, I'll probably buy a USB-C flash drive at some point to do this. Maybe when I go on like one of my bike rides or something, I'll take a USB-C drive and record it 4K, 60 yeah, FPS. 60 yeah. 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 Just to see how that goes. But I thought it's pretty cool. I mean, I think so too. standard stuff. So a pretty last minute decision uh, uh, last week before we got on the ship. Actually, it was so last minute that I spent the later part of the night transferring movies and uh, some TV shows to my iPad. Because remember, originally I wasn't going to take it because I don't, I don't do any work at all uh, uh, when I'm on the ship. So I'm like, I'm not taking my iPad. But my son wanted to watch Spider-Man and a few other uh, the movies. So I take my iPad so I can plug it uh, via HDMI to USB-C to the TV. So I'm wondering if you can try that on your phone, if you will be able to store movies on your phone, if you can, you know, connect it directly to your TV and see, because again, it was kind of a hassle, not, not really a hassle. I mean, we're talking taking a, you know, pound and a half device that's super thin on with a bunch of movies on it. And uh, I used my hub and I connected it to the TV. And uh, it worked perfectly. It worked fine. So I'm wondering if it should work the same on the iPhone. I mean, you could already do that with the Lightning. As long as you got like a Lightning to HDMI. Right. Which no one has. Or something like that. You could. <laughs> uh, I have two. You have um, two. <laughs> they're in my bag. But, uh, but yeah, they've already started connecting um, their phones to external displays. Okay. So all you need is a USB-C to... HDMI, which I already had for iPads. So right. remember, I do a lot of the support stuff for church, and people are yes. always connecting something to a TV at church for their lessons and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, I had that, and yeah, you just you're good. You can store it on your device and put it up on a giant screen. Right, right, okay. Well, I mean, I figured it essentially should work the same. I was just wondering, have you have you tried it yet? So, but now pretty the question cool. is question is can i load a bunch of movies on a USB-C drive and is there an right. app like plex maybe right. that would allow me to play them directly from the usb drive because then i could have a one terabyte you know USB-C hard drive with every video or every movie and all of my right. music or whatever the case may be and then just have an app that allows me to play it straight from the phone i would think the files app would probably recognize that drive I think so. I think it will. And, and I believe VLC would too. Um, yeah. Uh, the VLC app should, should allow you, which is what I'd use. 
uh, it should allow you to do that too. All right, let's talk battery management. Right. So, so Jason, how much do you worry about the battery on your Ultra? Not at all. And this has always been my rant. You've heard me through the years rant over and over again about battery life, right? Why does every other bit of technology improve Bluetooth radios, right? We're at Bluetooth 4.0 or whatever right now and, and wireless radios and, and you know, uh, Apple's making their own silicon now and, and these processors, they're, they're doubling and tripling in speed every year. But the batteries are basically the same batteries we've had for years now, right? Now, I know they've made some improvement on the software end and, and they kind of manage charging and stuff better. They've gotten smarter, but they hadn't improved their capacity, right? To, to make the battery last longer, you have to stick a bigger battery in the device. And I, I'm, I want to treat all of my other devices like I treat my watch, right? We, we don't worry about battery life at all on, on the Ultra. Uh, not so much on the phone, not like I used to. It does have the all-day battery life thing. Uh, absolutely not on my iPad. I, I can't get anything done on this iPad, and it is it is brand new, and it, it's it the battery life is terrible on it. So I don't want to make this whole post show about me ranting about how much I hate battery technology, but you would think it would improve better, and, and within the last ten or fifteen years that we've been. We've been dealing with these devices. There was an interesting discussion on ATP last week where they were talking about how much thinner do we think phones can get, especially now that it's USB-C instead of Lightning, which right. is in theory a thinner connection. And the battery topic came up. I mean, you know me, I'd rather have a little thicker phone and ridiculously good battery life versus a credit card that I feel like I'm going to bend or break right. or something like that. Yep. But yep. that here. was one of the that was one of the considerations they had is that until they figure out solid state batteries, right? Mm -hmm. Then we can make them thinner and improve the capacity. That's going to be a constraint. I mean, we're using lithium ion batteries right now, right? And if I think about the RV industry, the RV industry for the longest time was lead acid batteries just like you have in your yeah. car. Right? And but now lithium Lithium ion batteries are the big thing because they've got more capacity. And, and so I guess we should be grateful that we don't have lead acid batteries right. in our phones. Probably right. a bad idea. But, <laughs> um, but the lithium ion stuff still has a problem. So, yeah, I agree with you. And in the meantime, all the things you mentioned, right, about better job with software management right. and stuff like that. Right. I, I, so here's my problem with iOS 17. I've got the Pro Max. I should never have to worry about the battery life. Yeah, right? at all. With the default and settings. Correct. And they've got, and Apple's trying to preserve the life of these phones. That's part of their, you know, their um, uh, carbon neutral initiative, right? They're right. trying to preserve the battery life of, not the life like I can get a full day's charge, but how many charges you can get out of a single battery or how many years can I go right, on the same phone without having to swap out the battery. And, you know, on my 12, I said I was still over 80%. Yes. And it's three years old, and I'm not easy on phones, right? Right. <clears throat> Excuse right. me. So what they've done is they do optimize charging. And the idea behind optimized charging is that if I don't charge it to full and then let it sit there and trickle charge for hours, 
mm-hmm. and hours and hours that it's healthier for the battery. I'm going to do less damage for the battery and it's going to last longer, meaning I can recharge it more times. Right. So they've got that optimized charging. They've put it on their phones. They've put it on the Mac, hate it on the Mac because I never know when I'm going to unplug. And it, they're, what they say about optimized charging is that it's going to learn your behaviors and only charge it to full right before you're going to need it. Okay. It doesn't, it's not that smart, right? I mean, there's a long way to go to, to have it to really do that. Unless you are a absolute creature of habit. I take my phone off the charger at the same time. I put it back on at the same time, seven days a week, no exceptions to any of that kind of stuff. And if you, if you deviate from that schedule any bit, you're going to be stuck with an 85% charge or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I have noticed with the Ultra that it seems like some days it'll charge to full automatically, mm-hmm. and other days it'll only charge to 80%. So maybe they've got some improved algorithm in there, right? Mm-hmm. But on the iOS, for iOS 17, and I know it's on the Macs, I haven't checked it on my other devices, but it, there's three settings now. No optimized charging, 80% Max, and optimized charging. Okay. Okay. So I sit there and think, okay, which of those I should use? Well, I want to use optimized charging because I want it to know when I'm going to do this. And then I think about my new setup. I've got MagSafe on my desk Mm -hmm. charging. I've got MagSafe in the truck now. I've got MagSafe on my nightstand. I'm taking this thing on and off the charger a dozen times a day. Right, right. Right? Which was my thought with my devices. Yeah. I don't have the confidence that Apple their algorithm is going to know enough to say, yeah, 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 we understand that. So Monday through Friday, we're not going to charge it to max. We'll just let it go to 80% because he's going to be taking it on and off all these times. But on Saturday and Sunday, he takes it off in the morning and it doesn't go back on till the evening because I don't walk into my office on Saturday and Sunday. Right? It seems like the watch might have... much either. Yeah, I don't think so. So then I get thinking, okay... Well, I'd like the battery to last as long as possible. Now, by the way, this is the geek section, right? For most of your clients, you just need to tell them, optimize charging, let Apple do its thing. If you ever find that you're running out of battery, turn it off and don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. Your battery is going to last the two years you're going to have on the phone, more than likely. And if not, it's a cheap replacement, 100 bucks or whatever the case is versus buying a brand new phone, right? So for most people, they shouldn't worry about this. But... I like to geek out on this stuff. And so then I get thinking, okay, I'm going to go to 80%. Is 80% enough to get me through a day if I don't put it on a charger at all during the day? So that's what I've been testing. And the last two weekends, I've been okay with that, right? I've not had to worry about it, but I've mostly been at home on Wi-Fi, not out driving for three or four hours or out on the mountain ride for three hours where it's spotty cellular, where it's going to drain the battery more. Mm -hmm. So I just don't know. What I want is when it goes, you know how when it goes on the standby charge, on the MagSafe charger, it puts up the little circle in the corner that tells you what the charge is at? Well, the Apple Watch Ultra does that too, but then you can tap on that and say, charge to full. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem to screw up what it's learned, but we don't have any of that flexibility here. So I'm thinking, okay, what do I do here? Am I going to go in every Saturday or every Friday night and change it from 80% to, you know, no, to no, uh, optimization just so I have a full battery on the weekends. So they're just, 
this is not a major problem for most people. And you might laugh about this, but they're just making me think way too much about this. Right. Right. And that's, that's way too much trouble. And, and like you said, this is not, this is a first world problem having to say, Oh, I need this extra 10% for the weekend, but having to 20%, right. To charge it to a hundred percent, way too much manual uh, adjustment to, to be able to achieve that. Right. Instead of, having the software do it for you, right? And I don't believe that Apple's, any of these devices are learning that much detail about you, right? Like you said, it's not learning. Well, Monday, he's doing this. Saturday, he's doing this. Sunday, you know, he's going in, he's not going to the office. So uh, we're missing an extra charge. I don't believe it's that detailed, right? I think it just picks up a general, like, you know, he goes to bed between, seven and, and nine o'clock somewhere in between this time. So we know we have, or the, the system has this much, uh, this many hours to charge before he, he rises in the morning. So you're right. Having to do those manual adjustments, I don't think that's something you would want to get into. So have you had any problem making it 80% less? No, so but far? like I said, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been out and about yet. So next weekend, not this coming one, but the one after is probably, uh, will be down for my dad's memorial service. Okay. That'll so be a true test. I, yeah. I may be traveling that day or most likely I'll be at the campground. We're thinking about going and staying down there okay. for a few days. So, but either way on Saturday and Sunday, I'm not going to have, cause I haven't bought anything MagSafe for the trailer. Yeah. Right. right. And you were going to go with some fast charging options too, for the trailer. I remember yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. And I, that's a side note, but I've been researching that anchor cube, but I've seen a lot of people have issues with charging their AirPods on that thing, similar okay. to what you and I are talking about. But in their case, they're actually having it discharge their AirPods while it's on the. Wow. Yeah, That's definitely not good. Is weird. So anyway, I got to do more research there. I'm not going to buy it now because I don't have that many trips between now and the end of the year. Yeah. Maybe one or two, but, um, so I'm, but I'm not going to be plugging it in. Right. And so it's going to have to last me and I'm going to be on cellular because I do not connect to campground Wi-Fi. <laughs> right. I just yeah. do not. So it's going to be on cellular. So that'll be a good test. I haven't had those issues. So do I leave it at 80 percent? But you and I both know that the one time I really need the extra is the one time I'll have drained it. Right. And I'll be stuck on a mountain <laughs> somewhere. That's when you'll really need it. Right. 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 I just, I just shouldn't have to think about it this much. And I applaud the efforts to help us be carbon neutral and to want to optimize this stuff. And you had this experience with the Genius Bar before you left, right? right. Where they were talking about, well, we don't do certain things now because it adds to the landfill and, and some of those kinds of things. And I yeah. applaud all of that. But make this better for me, right? Give me... Let me turn it on 80%, but give me like with the watch, that easy, real easy way to tap it and say, nope, charge to full. Because I kind of have an idea, like when I set it on to get in the shower at night or, you know, whatever, I'm going to set it mm -hmm. on for an hour or so. And I kind of know what I'm doing the next day for a workout. Am I right. going for two hours without my phone, which means I need every scrap of battery that I can get? Or am I going to be taking my phone with me or am I not working out the next day? And so I can do that. I don't yeah. mind that simple interaction, um, but they don't have it on the phone. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it, I guess if, if it was as simple as being able to just to tap a couple of buttons and say, Hey, go ahead and give me that extra 20. Um, 
it, 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 it'll be fine. But yeah, having to actually go in and, and adjust settings just to achieve that. Um, yeah, sounds like a bit of a hassle. So yeah, I, th- I think and you it, and I both still have our same frustrations with, with, with battery life. It's just, why hasn't that improved like everything yeah. else? You know, they talk about how thin can they make phones with everything around the battery is 10 times as thin as it was 10 years ago. Then why is the battery still the same size, you know? Well, and then, so the other thing we've seen just to just a couple more minutes here is I don't know why, and you probably haven't seen a bunch of these, but even like Brandon Butch, he got quoted in one of the big publications for the video that he did. But I've seen a whole bunch of these where people are testing the charging, right? How fast does a five watt, 20 watt, 35 watt and a MagSafe Mm -hmm. connection really charge these devices? But then on top of that, they're also testing what kind of heat builds up. Heat is bad for batteries, yes. right? Heat's bad for electricity in general. Every elect- electronic, yep, heat is bad. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're using different kinds of bricks, Apple and non-Apple. They're using different capacities, and then they're measuring the heat of the brick, and they're measuring the heat of the phone, right? And so they're doing all of these things, and I think part of that was uh, heat gate, right, wanting to mm-hmm. see. But I think it's interesting that there's so much focus on this and I kind of get wanting to understand what's the best way to do this. And the spoiler on any of this is that 20 Watts is kind of seems to be the sweet spot, right? That when you go above 20 Watts, it's going to get a lot hotter, both the device and the cube, the charging brick, and you're going to get, you know, a few minutes faster kind of thing. Right. Right. It's not a huge deal. Yeah. Right. MagSafe, even on uh, fast charging, is still slower than using a 20-watt brick, too, mm-hmm. right? So, and then, of course, 5 watts is just going to take forever. I mean, that used to be plenty to charge our phones fast <laughs> enough, and they're just the batteries are so much bigger. So right. the, the, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up, if you want to geek out on this stuff, it's fine. But this reinforces to me that we're in this state where buying cheap charging crap because it is crap most of it it is is a horrible idea i mean you were looking at some of these apple made chargers and the anchor based chargers and things were hitting 100 105 100 plus degrees in temperature and that's with like anchors got all of these protections and stuff built in right so don't buy this cheap stuff it can destroy your device it can start fires right um so that was point number one. But the other point is Apple's proprietary stuff is not necessarily that much better than everything else, especially yeah. now that they've gone to this standard connection, right? Lightning, there might've been some argument that the chip in the lightning end and the chip in the charger were talking to each other. But now that we're using USB-C, yeah. but don't buy the cheap stuff. Yeah, and I think we made this point way back in like episode three or something when we were talking about our tech kits and and we both kind of stressed the point that there's a reason why you can get a five pack of of iPhone chargers for, for seven bucks. It's it's worth every bit of seven bucks, you know? Go ahead and spend it extra to get an actual good and we, we you know, we're not sponsored by any of these brands. We wish, you know, if anyone at, at Anchor, out. yeah, uh, anybody at Anchor or Belkin is listening, you know, we we would love to sponsor you guys, but those are the brands we stick with, right? There's a few other ones, but 
uh, Belkin, Anchor, and these guys have been in a charging game for years. Not just charging iPhones, but charging laptops and and all yeah. kinds of gear, all kinds of technology. So they've got all of the kinks worked out when it comes to you know protecting batteries and protecting your device. So yeah, just spend the extra. Just get the good the good stuff. You don't have to like Greg just mentioned. You don't have to go with a 35 watt charger. I know everybody thinks that, oh, I need to get the biggest one. And yeah, that'll future proof you for any, you know, devices you'll get down the line. But, you know, 20 seems to be that sweet spot. It'll get your devices charged in the time that you need to charge. And and uh, they're the most cost effective, uh, you know, yep. charging bricks and stuff, too. So I think if somebody asked me right now and said, I want my charging setup to just work. Right. Right. I don't want to have to worry about it. I would have them turn on optimization, right, on their device. Yeah. I would then have them buy uh anchor GAN charging brick. Like mm-hmm. the my ideal one would be this uh it's a forty seven watt now. We just said twenty watts is the best, right? This one's a forty seven watt. One one USB C port will do twenty seven max. Mm-hmm. The other USB C port does twenty max. Right. So I'm not going much above that. Right. And the reason I've got the one that's 27 is because that would allow me to charge both my phone and my AirPods on the stand. Right. right. At the same time. Right. Where the 20 might not be quite enough in theory. Right. And then the other, the 21 is what's running my HomePod, which is what Apple recommends that your HomePod minis be plugged into. So, but I would buy either a single port, 20 watt, mm-hmm. or something like this, put MacBook aside. If you want MacBook, you got to go up. Yeah. And Anchor's got plenty of bricks for that too. I would then have Anchor USB cables, whatever ends you need to whatever end you need, right? Mm-hmm. If you need USB-A, if you need lightning even, that's what I would do. And that's the setup that I would suggest that people have. Right. Now, you want to go MagSafe? I definitely would recommend going MagSafe. And even with a little bit of struggle on the Qi charging portion of these, I would do that. If you don't have AirPods, you don't have anything else you want to wirelessly charge, yeah. get the single stand anchor charger that all it is is the MagSafe or the Belkin one or another brand like that. Right. It'll be great. And it'll be a lot but, cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I didn't go with fast charging. Yeah. More than doubles this. And I got thinking, well, maybe if it was MagSafe certified, it wouldn't have some of these issues. But it's not the MagSafe that's having the problem. I have had one time on my nightstand one where it was starting to charge the phone and detected foreign mm-hmm. stuff. I must have had dust or, you know, dirt or something from when I was outside on the back of the phone that I needed to clean off because right. then it worked fine. But it's the Qi charging part that's recognizing this stuff. So I just, after seeing these videos and seeing how hot some of these really quality things get, don't mess around. Yeah. I do not mess yeah. around and don't buy apples because that 47 watt dual port charger was not that expensive and anchors cables you can buy like two for braided six foot not three foot Mm -hmm. braided last forever cables for 10 bucks yeah yeah so uh, i agree um leaving the battery optimization on for the average user um i would say go magsafe too if your phone would allow it I, i think that's the the way of the future i know it doesn't charge as fast as as some of the, the direct connections, but which by the way is better for your battery, right? Slower the charging, the better right. for your battery. Part of it is that heat buildup, right? Yeah. And, and more convenient too, right? We want to make everything as easy as possible for all our clients, right? 
being able, like I said, mine, it just kind of snatches the phone out of my hand. I'm, I'm by the bed. I can reach over backwards sometime. I'm facing the other way. I could just reach over backwards and feel around a bit. And it kind of just grabs the phone and wake up in the morning and it's charged. So uh, charging the, the, the battery optimization, um, MagSafe charger, that's all you need for yep. the average person. I would say go yep. that route. The other nice thing about MagSafe is you don't have to worry. My wife's woken up a couple of times and said, yeah, I must not have pushed the plug all the way in, especially if right. you're using cases, right? Because exactly, yeah. sometimes cases, you have to force it to get it, make sure that it goes in. MagSafe, you know, because it yep. goes on there and it goes ding. And there's a little, very, very faint LED light that you could put a little sticker on if you wanted to. But you know right. that it's charging and that you're going to be good to go in the morning. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. We didn't mention that cases do affect charging a lot. So yeah, and uh, apparently, the new Apple fine woven cases. This Steve Jobs would have never allowed this. I don't know how this ever got passed. The port or the cutout in the bottom of those fine woven cases is mm -hmm. not perfectly aligned in a lot of cases with the USB port on the bottom. And then the other problem that other case makers are having is remember how the headphone jack early, early on, you had to use Apple's headphone jack mm -hmm. the because it was so much skinnier than a normal one and you couldn't plug a normal one into the phone. Yeah. Well, a lot of cases have that same problem. Like if you get an anchor um, USB-C cable, it's got a little bit thicker end that goes into the USB-C connector and they can't get through the case. Oh, and a lot of wow. cases are having that same thing. And so it's like, yeah, I, those fine woven cases, the upgrade made the point that, yeah, it's great to go carbon neutral, but you can't charge luxury prices for a carbon neutral product that is clearly not luxury. Right, right. We'll see them all on clearance here in the next, in the next few months, right? Yep. Just like those, uh, I forget which, uh, they had some weird, some really odd color choices on uh, some of those those apple uh it wasn't the bumper it was just kind of like the back and it had the padded in the middle but they had yeah. a weird ugly orange and like a brownish green and like a ugly off blue and i see those things in clearance clearance racks everywhere all right jason anything else for the geeks out there no that was all that was all don't cheap out on your chargers i guess it's the don't point. let your clients do it either yeah yeah don't there is a reason why they're 10 for $7. So, yep. Don't be cheap. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. Have a great one and let us know what you think. Yep. See you next week.